Welcome in, everybody, to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and silent reporter. And I'm joined right off the bat by my buddy, my brosif, Drew Jordy. What's going on, Drew? What's happening, big baby? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It was a good weekend. It was a good weekend. Saw you and your family. You saw my family and yes, me. Yes, yes. The J.J. Watt so. Charity Classic. That was a fun time. That was fun. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Cool. How about the fact that Saturday night, I, I was just thinking about this. So Saturday starts with the Dynamo. And mm-hmm. all this is going on downtown. Yeah. Except for one thing. But Dynamo win. Mm-hmm. Get a good win. I think it was 2-1, to one, if I remember correctly. Then... The Astros were playing in Mexico, right, in Monterey, taking on the Angels, and just destroyed them on Saturday. Yep. I think they scored fourteen Two runs, touchdowns, that one. yeah, yeah, and then they scored ten the next day. So they got a sweep of the Angels down in Mexico, which is very cool. Which, by the way, I'm I'm sure you saw this video. Take a little, uh, oh, the ch- little kid with Altuve. Little tangent here, yeah, little kid meeting Jose Altuve. Yeah, that was that was really cool. I mean, I, and I say that as somebody that's met. Altuve, and when he walks in, you go, you're the best player in Major League Baseball. You mm-hmm. might be the best player in Astros history. Like, really? Like, my, You look my daughter eye to eye, but it was just, then you realize, cousin, the presence that he carries. Well, It's just amazing. Well, it's hard not to root for somebody who, like you said, is one of the best in the game, but is so relatable because of their stature. Yeah. You know, I mean, think about it. I used to love Billy Wagner. Because he was yeah. what, he was like five nine and threw a hundred five miles per hour, you yeah. know. I mean, yeah. but in a, but Altuve's taking it to a new level. Right. I mean, Wagner was great, borderline Hall of Famer. Some right. would say he should be a Hall of Famer. I mean, if Altuve keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to get in first ballot, no yeah. problem, and, and go down as the greatest Astro ever. I mean, yeah, it was it was awesome to see, and he's very he's someone that's very easy to to identify with. Like you said, you've met him before. Yeah, he's awesome. I got a chance to interview him one time before a game, and it's one of my favorite photos because somebody took a photo of me putting yeah. my. It, it was yeah, just yeah. it's it was cool, you know. He's a cool guy to talk with, and it's not surprising to see the people have that reaction. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. Just, it, I wasn't surprised. He's a lovable guy. Because I'm, I thought about our trip to to Mexico, and it's a little different. You know, Texans Raiders, you don't get a chance to kind of meet the crowd ahead of time, whereas baseball, you have that opportunity, but. I just thought about, obviously, there's no professional baseball down there. So when they get an opportunity to see a professional baseball player, then they see a player of that stature. Yeah. And it's somebody that they can totally and completely relate to. Mm-hmm. They can look at mom and dad, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, whatever, and say, hey, he's, I'm, I'm his size. I can be like Jose Altuve. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can imagine he's a role model for so, so many. So then you had that on Saturday. And if you haven't had a chance to see that video, I think MLB.com's got it. I'm sure the Astros have it's got all it on over their Twitter, Twitter feed. Yeah. So go check that video out. It's very, very cool. This young man meeting Jose Altuve for the first time uh, was was really, really interesting because you could also see on Jose like he wasn't he wasn't embarrassed by it. He wanted the he wanted the it's probably not the first time that's happened. Yeah, he probably but he wanted the kid to like yeah he wanted the kid to just like relax, man. I'm just I'm just Jose. Yeah, just, yeah. You know, like it's cool. It's all right. And that's mm-hmm. and so it was really, really neat. Uh, how he was looking after the kids. So you had Dynamo winning. You had Astros winning. You had the Rockets winning the overtime mm-hmm. game, which was phenomenal on so many different levels. And then Steph Curry missing the dunk at the end, which is great. Which, by the way, Davidson Steph Curry, love him. Warrior <laughs> Steph Curry, I can't stand him, man. They cry. I cannot. Hey, who I, among us hasn't missed a dunk like that, though? No, right? I, trust me. I'm, I mean, I'm white. I've missed many a dunk <laughs> like that. But from that standpoint, I don't know that I've ever seen two teams – whine and cry more about calls 
It's funny you say that because then those two teams, especially the Warriors. There's a great podcast out there by a guy named Michael Lewis, the author. Yeah, Moneyball, Blindside. Yeah, and Blindside, and a bunch of other yeah. uh, liars poker. But uh, he's got this podcast out. It's a it's a bunch of them, but the first one deals with the NBA and refs and officiating. Yeah, and how it's gotten so much better, but they're still getting far worse. Uh, criticism from coaches, players, right. and fans, but it's it's pretty interesting. It makes you think about things a little differently after. Yeah, I think you're guys. right. I think the officiating has gotten better. It's just become like all the technology they've invested. Yeah, in it. the technology that's invested in it. Obviously, social media, so people can share mm-hmm. all the different videos and all the different things that go with it. I will say the NBA playoffs the last few weeks, especially the, the Nuggets Blazers and the Rockets Warriors. Just over the weekend, the two games the Nuggets and Blazers played, and the game that the Rockets and Warriors played. I, I mean, unbelievable. Unbelievable mm-hmm. four overtime game, and then the one last night with the Blazers and Nuggets uh, went deep, deep in the game. I think it was a three or four point win for Denver. Just amazing. So you had that, and then you had, as you mentioned, the JJ Watt Charity Softball Classic, which was back after they did, JJ didn't have it last year as he was rehabbing from mm-hmm. his injury, and he decided to have it again. It was back at Minute Maid Park. I kept saying to my daughter, my daughter and I went, and it's the second time she's gone with me. And that used to be at uh, where the Skeeters play. Yeah, Constellation Field. Constellation yeah. Field. And I imagine they probably filled that place up pretty good because awesome, if the crowd man. was anything like at Constellation Field like it was at Minute Maid Park, I don't, I don't know where they would have put people. It they was were, amazing. It was, it was overflowing. It was overflowing. It was incredible. And it was, it was a great experience there, and it's a great experience at Minute Maid Park. I've yeah. been, to, been to both. This time I was there kind of watching with the family like we yeah. were talking about. Yeah, but, you weren't working. You know, it's, they do an awesome job. I mean, it's very well organized. All, you know, his teammates are all there. And he, he reciprocates. He's cool. Like, everybody that comes to his, he winds up usually going to their events. Yeah. Because he was at Whitney's yeah, the a couple night before. Ago, yeah. And, yeah, it, it was a good time. And he won the home run derby. He did. Poor Shane Leckler. Just, you know how things go. In the, you know, he, he could probably, like, crank out 13 in a row. Yeah. And he winds up not, not getting even out of the, the prelims. So. Well, at that point, who is the first guy in the locker room? First one here. Two bats in the bag. You ready for second place, bro? Oh, <laughs> look at you. Oh, right here. Hey, you got me a cooler. Yeah, J.J. was giving Shane a little bit of business, but Shane was very happy because right in front of his locker was a nice Arctic cooler, yeah. kind of like the one that we have over there. So Shane was Shane was uh, none too disappointed. Use that for the boat. Yeah, he was, he was none too disappointed. In fact, we talked to J.J. earlier in the week, and we asked him about the Charity Softball Classic, and I asked him if Shane Leckler was going to participate. First of all, is Leckler invited back? Does he get invited even though he's no longer playing he he has a lifetime invite um, but it seems like he has more and more demands every year so now this year he's not playing in the nfl anymore so his cooler is going to be a little bit more full this year um but yeah he's coming back he he is adamant about being in the home run derby even though he got he lost last time so i'm very excited to beat him again and then I'm going to have him pitch for team defense because he's been a great pitcher for us throughout the years. And if he gets hit in the face, he's not on the team, so it doesn't matter. Who else is a contender to win this home run derby? <sighs> That's what we were discussing because every year I have guys be like, you got to put me in the home run derby. you got to put me in the home run derby because you can only have 10 in the home run derby, so I can't put everybody in. Every year these guys beg me, and I put them in, and they'll hit zero or one. And I'm like, you beg me to put you in. <laughs> Last year it was DJ Reader. <laughs> DJ Reader is like I played baseball in college. Yeah, uh, he did. He That's was, so hard, though. Oh, but he was like, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna hit bombs, man. I'm gonna hit bombs. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'm gonna put you in. Zilch. I was like, so I don't know. It's really with me and Shane Cush back when Cush was in and he mm-hmm. played in it. He he could really hit it, so he was a contender. But hopefully, I think uh, AJ McCarron might have a chance. He's a baseball background. Ooh. Drew, he called it AJ McCarron. Yeah, got to the finals. Now, AJ didn't win, but. JJ called. You said AJ McCarron was the guy. I see. We got there late to the, the festivities. Did Aikens play in the no in the home run derby? He see, did not. That's criminal. Because that guy, I mean, he played in the minors for four years think, as a center fielder. I know. I think JJ. I think JJ Kinda left rigged him it, out. Yeah. yeah. I think JJ left him out. I think he realized. Okay, Aikens might be pretty good. Yeah. He played the minor leagues. That's a little different. Like, I mean, DJ Reader played in college. He was, and he really didn't play. He was on the team, but he didn't right. really. Played. He didn't play a whole lot, and he said this. He's, he's yeah, yeah. He's very upfront about. And that. then AJ played in high school. Mm-hmm. I don't think he played in college because at that point he was Alabama quarterback. He played in high school. You can tell the guys that have played before. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely tell that. Jordan Akins took one swing and hit one of the Crawford boxes. <laughs> <laughs> it was like well, it was too easy. Yeah. I, I literally turned to my daughter and I said, "I said, you know, Jordan played in the crack," and I was like, "As the balls in the air, I was like." Oh, that's Crawford boxes. I was like, by the way, honey, he played in the minor leagues, yeah. and then he hits another one later. I mean, both just destroyed torched him. him. Yeah, just torched him. But a really fun, cool, event. fun evening and a cool event to go to. And with all of that happening in the city of Houston, all the teams represented. The Dash ended up playing the next day. Mm-hmm. JJ's girlfriend ended up having a goal uh, in that. So it was a pretty incredible weekend for Houston professional it was, it was sports teams. Weekend, yeah. It was really, really neat weekend. But the softball classic itself, there's so many, there's so many things going on. I don't know about you, Drew, but as much as I love it, I hate it because I get so worried about about them being out there because oh, the, getting hurt. You worried about them yes. getting hurt? Oh. So we we had a little Texans get together up on the mm-hmm. the second level, and so it was nice. My kids enjoyed the sliders and the chicken fingers. It was it was very nice. Did you get the uh, ice cream in the bowl? You had they to. did, yeah. They got uh, two Navy Astro bowls and one of the orange. I wanted the orange one. My the, daughter got the orange one. My, I wanted the, I wanted the orange one, but they gave me the blue one. I wasn't going to complain about it. And I took, I washed it out, took it home. I'm going to. They're not like the Dairy Queen ones. Dairy Queen used to have the really small ones. This was a. These big are big. One. Yeah, these are really. You big. put this. You probably could have put it on Annie's head. It could have been. We, we did do that joke, okay. but she's got it like her father. She's got an enormous, uh, like one of those. Pickle barrel heads, you know, that on top of uh, all, yeah. all four of my children have pickle barrel heads on top of like a toothpick. Don't worry, Jack up my head, so he's got like a size eight melon. It's just, it's massive. Yeah. But anyways, we go to sit down, and right as we sit down in our seats, I swear to you, I look out there and I see Justin Reed going to the plate. Now, if you've seen our fifty-three on Justin Reed, you know that he's dealing with a. He's got his left wrist, yeah. which was casted up near the end of the season on the playoff game. He had a cast on it. He had surgery in the offseason. He had a brace on that left wrist. And I'm like, he's not about to swing, is sure. he? Sure. One his lead hand. He was going with his, his uh, control hand. So he was doing like the Bragg Stockton skills and drills camp that I used to go to U of H back in the 80s. So he was just doing with one hand, and he one was hand. doing fine. One hand. And he nearly I don't think he went to out. Bragg's 
camp, do you? No, I don't think so. Yeah. He nearly hit one out one-handed. Yeah, well, he's a hell of an athlete. I mean, it's he's unbelievable. A, he's an NFL player, but he was a you know he grew up playing soccer too. I, yeah, don't know, yeah. I don't know if he played baseball at all. He might have. It looked like he did. Yeah, but he might not have. I mean, he's that good of an athlete. He is a great athlete. In but fact, he's a hell of a soccer player. He right. tweeted out later on that he was the mini game MVP because <laughs> in between innings, JJ had these different games that the units would play, and whoever won got a run. Mm-hmm. And so there was the the uh, little like bouncy potato sack, yeah, race. potato sack race. There was the tricycle race. Mm-hmm. There was like this the bouncy duck thing. The right. bounce, you know that thing. The I don't even know what you call it. Yeah, but it's like you big rubber ball. And you got a little handle on it. You kind of bounce and kind of. It's jump like you're at on the same a seesaw time. that's not attached to anything. Yeah, you and so Justin Reed was was killing it, and then he makes that catch. So sitting behind me, and I don't remember. I don't remember who it was. In fact, I didn't look behind me to see who it was, but. I heard somebody, and I think it was in our. I, I think he was in our, um, in our training staff, when, <laughs> when, <laughs> when Justin went to the plate to hit. I heard him say, "He better be swinging that bat with one hand," <laughs> and he did. <laughs> then he makes the catch later on. Yeah, which I got to thinking about later on. It's a great catch, but he had put the glove on his throwing hand. Yeah, which was right-handed, and I start thinking. So he's not doing it with be. yeah he's not doing it with his normal hand with his normal hand mm-hmm. his normal hand is the lefty where he had to cast so then he falls and I'm like oh god I'm like I'm holding my breath takes the fence down he takes the fence down but he never puts his left hand on the ground mm-hmm. he just lands kind of awkwardly but he lands and kind of lands with his body and his arm down and I'm like <laughs> he gets up and I'm just like oh my god that was incredible just the fact that he didn't yeah it was awesome hit that left wrist Weeks took one off the chest one time. Right, he was pitching for the offensive side, and he took one off the chest. But other than that, seemingly everybody came through unscathed, and I was like, whoo, thank God. You know who was kind of missed in that one? One of the most memorable moments from these games, I think it was the second year he did it, maybe 14, 15-ish, so the third year, is out at the, the Sugarland field. Mm-hmm. But Toro was pitching one of the innings. And I can't remember who he's pitching to, but the guy was out. And Cushing was playing first base, and they kind of whipped it around. They they actually went around the horn after the out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then so Cushing got the ball last, and he's at first base. Yeah. And he threw it as hard as he could <laughs> back to Toro, <laughs> and Toro caught it because Toro's a hell of an athlete yeah, himself. Yeah. Toro caught it, but you could tell it hurt like hell. Did and Toro have the big? Glove, no, he had a regular, regular glove. glove on. He yeah. caught it and he like stared Cushing down. You could see the anger, even though he had on a mascot head. Like he, I mean, because Cushing threw it full force just from first to the pitcher's <laughs> mouth. It was great. I, yeah, one of those random memories. I miss Coach Cushing at the uh, softball classic. Yeah. He's he's the absolute best. Drew, you're the man, man. Anytime, man. This is fun. Coming up next, we'll have some comments from Bill O'Brien and Brian Gain. Houston Texans. Golf tournament was today, and before those two took to the golf course, they spoke with the media about a few rookies, about a free agent acquisition that took place, and, of course, the rookies coming to town for rookie minicamp this weekend and what to expect from them. We'll have all that next right here on Texans All Access. Boy, it's been a big weekend, actually the last couple of weekends, for the city of Houston Last, not this past weekend, the weekend before, you had the NFL draft with the Texans. Then this weekend, you had the Astros in Mexico getting a couple of wins. You had the Rockets on Saturday night. You had the Dynamo. You had J.J. Watt's softball classic. And then today, you had the Houston Texans golf tournament 
taking place out in Richmond in my old hood. And it's one of those opportunities that really isn't tailor-made for media to be out there and ask a bunch of questions. But we kind of make it that way. If, you know, you get a lot of Texans in one place, you get Cal McNair out there, you get Brian Gain, you get Bill O'Brien, you get the players. Why not ask him a few questions? And they're gracious enough to give up their time. And obviously they spoke on draft weekend, but there's some news the last week or so that Bill O'Brien and Brian Gain were able to speak to. And one of those that really is interesting to me and always has been interesting to me is the undrafted free agent process. And some of those names have trickled out. Now, the Texans, we have never announced those names well ahead of schedule because the Texans, A, want to see who is going to show up. And I'll give you a perfect example of that. Jordan Tamu is a quarterback for Ole Miss. He has been offered a tryout invitation to come work out for the Texans during their rookie minicamp. But he also got an invitation from the Oakland Raiders. So last week he spent in Oakland going through their rookie minicamp, and I don't believe, now I have not looked to be totally sure, but I have not seen anything saying that he is signing with the Raiders at any point. So I believe he will be coming to Houston's uh, rookie minicamp this week. So, those things can change at the drop of a hat. So, a lot of times Texans don't like to announce that until literally the day before or the day of, which minicamp will be Friday. I think they'll show up on Thursday. They'll do much stuff on Thursday. Um, Kind of a tour around the building, if you will, kind of figure out where everything is, and then go from there. Because some of the guys, even the drafted guys, some of them haven't even been on a visit, so they've never been to NRG Stadium, so they got to go through all that. So they don't really announce it until they pass physicals and you know for sure. But one guy that has been very intriguing, in fact, we talked about him, and I think partially because he played at Ohio State and he played a glamour position at Ohio State, and that's Johnny Dixon. Brian Gain was asked about the signing of Johnny Dixon, the wide receiver from Ohio State, as an undrafted free agent rookie. Johnny Dixon's an undrafted free agent that we've signed from Ohio State. He's got outside-inside versatility where he's not just a one-hole player. He's not just a slot. He's just not just a perimeter guy. Five foot, five foot ten, five foot eleven, uh, about 200, 205 pounds. He ran four four coming out, played behind and played with a lot of good good wide receivers at Ohio State. We're excited about his promise potential, and equally we think he can help us on fourth down. So he's got a great opportunity ahead of him. One of the things that I love about rookie minicamp is the fact that the rookies got to earn their stripes, and by earning their stripes, I mean they've got to earn themselves a permanent locker. So the other day I was walking out towards where we we park in a different location now and so we go out a different location and so as I was going out through our dock lot I saw all the blue lockers that go right down the middle of the locker room for all the rookies so all the rookies kind of get a blue metal locker and then if they make the team then they get a permanent locker so you know Titus is going to go from blue locker to get a permanent locker but you see that I saw those blue lockers I thought oh man here comes rookie minicamp and Bill O'Brien was asked about the rookies coming at the end of this week and then going into that three-day minicamp and how valuable that time is for those rookies. It's a great uh, rookie class. We're really excited about it, uh, the drafted guys, but also the, the college free agents and also some of the trial guys we have in. We're really excited about working with those guys. And then the exciting part for us uh, as a coaching staff is to, is to begin to um, – 
you know, introduce them to our culture here at the Houston Texans. And, and uh, that's a big part of the weekend. And then we'll, we'll get a few practices in, maybe two or three practices in, meeting time, and uh, we have unlimited time with them. So it'll be really a great weekend. There's certain things, no doubt about it, that you're teaching them about routine and, uh, you know, relative to the um, nutrition, to the training room, to the weight room, to sleep, uh, to obviously the things that we believe in at the Houston Texans, our culture, you know, looking for guys that are smart, tough, and dependable guys. And uh, and then we go out on the field and watch them run around a little bit, you know, in shorts, you know, with a helmet on. That's about it. So it's not real football, but but uh, we do get a lot, a lot accomplished in the weekend. So just to recap, the rookies will be here later this week. I know there were some teams that did their rookie mini camp last week. I guess they wanted the players to – get in the building as soon as possible and get it going. Bill O'Brien said after the draft they like for the rookies to come in the second weekend because then they just keep them here for that weekend. If they had come the first weekend, then they wouldn't keep them through the week. Then they'd have to go. Then they'd have to come back. So they just figured, look, let's just do it the second weekend. Then they're here for the duration through rookie minicamp. That moves right on to OTAs. That moves into minicamp. And that goes into the desert before they start their first training camp here in the city of Houston. So, that's when it all starts this week. The rookies should be here, I believe, Thursday. Practice starts on Friday. They'll have three practices, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Don't know of those, what we will be able to see. I know Sunday we have never been able to see. Friday, Saturday, maybe, maybe just Friday, maybe just Saturday. We'll find out uh, later this week uh, if we are able to go out to rookie minicamp and check things out. But we'll get to see Titus Howard, Max Sharping, Lonnie Johnson, and the guys in the draft class, but also guys like Johnny Dixon. And we'll find out who the all, all of the undrafted rookie free agents are. Now, one guy who will not be at that rookie mini camp, but was added during the week, last week, I think late in the week, was Jalil Adai, safety of the L.A. Chargers. And Brian Gain was asked about him today. With great respect, uh, you know, we appreciate all of Andre House's uh, contributions to the team, but when we lost Andre, you know, there was still a little bit of a void in terms of veteran experience at the position. So here's a guy who's played both strong safety and free safety. He's played, played in some playoff games, and he's an experienced vet. Uh, come in and, and contribute in any way that he can. And uh, we saw it as an opportunity to, to improve the depth as it relates to the experience at the position. Guy that's been a both starter, backup, and a substitution player, and equally been a fourth down player in his past. Fits our culture, fits our program, fits our expectations. We're excited to have him. Couldn't put it any better as Brian Gain just did there. I will say if you go check out my Football 101 on Jalil Dye, you'll see one thing that maybe you didn't expect about Jalil Dye and the fact that in the playoff game against the Baltimore Ravens, he played linebacker. I know that sounds strange, but just go read it. You'll figure it all out. No question about that. All right, coming in next is D.P. Sidhu. She's going to stop by for gut reaction. The Colts have a scary offense. Wendy Nix was a babysitter for an NFL draft pick. And Game of Thrones left the Starbucks cup on a table. I will get DPC News gut reaction on all of that next right here on Texans All Access. One final segment of Texans All Access. I am John, and joining me now is my good friend, DP Sitter. DP, how are you doing? I'm great, Johnny. How are you? I'm doing it's okay. DP, you have been doing a series of our draft picks, seven of them from Titus Howard all the way through Colin Gillespie. And you've been doing meet the draft pick. And yes. I, I go through that process for the most part as I'm kind of getting ready for the players. But they're not ours yet, so I don't go as in-depth as you typically do. But was there one that stood out to you as being perhaps the most interesting 
of the bunch? You know, it's it's funny because I really don't go as in-depth as you do on players because I just figure, well, once they become Texans, that's yeah, yeah. when I'll really focus on them. Sure. So for me, it's kind of a good way to get to know all these guys since we right. add them all on the same day. And I want to be able to differentiate not just by school and position, but more about their personality so that when we meet right. them, we have a sense of them. Right. Um, so that, you know, they all are interesting in their own way because I really don't know much about their personal life. But, right. um, you know, I think uh, Lonnie Johnson, obviously his Pretty story. story. It's an incredible story. And I grew up in Indiana, so I know very, I know a lot about Scary Gary and Gary, yeah. Indiana. <laughs> I mean, it's the home of the Jackson 5, but it's known yeah. for its the, the murder, you know. Murder rates. The murder rates yeah. are, you know, the highest in the country. The fact that he... You know, went through so much hardship and lived in public housing in Gary, Indiana, yeah. of all places. I, I find his story um, really fascinating. But that was something that you know he had talked about the day he was drafted on the, yeah. on, the con- on the conference call with the media. Um, Charles Amenahu, just in in digging around about him, I, I learned quite a bit on his Twitter page. It says R.I.P. Newt, and that's um, a good friend of his that he went to high school with who. Uh, who had a heart condition oh, wow. and passed away suddenly. And so it was his lifelong friend, Newton Ananti. He had a heart defect. So oh, wow. they were teammates at, in high school. And so, you know, he, he has um, just sort of, you know, an, an homage to him on his, on his yeah. Twitter. So I, you know, I, I kind of like to sort of get a sense of, of people and where they come from. And also, you know, he grew up, Everyone said he grew up in Dallas, but really he was born in Houston. Right. He was born in Houston, yeah. And then his family moved to Garland when he was about one. Mm-hmm. And then obviously we know he wore number seven and number 90 because of Jadevian Clowney. Right. But, you know, his parents both immigrated from Nigeria. So I... One of his... I want to say one of his parents was named Sunday. His dad. His dad's his dad Sunday. His dad is Sunday. His yeah. mom's name is Regina. Yeah. And they, they came from Nigeria. Obviously, he was born in the United States, but I always, you know, I, because my parents are born in India, I always find that angle a little bit interesting, too, because yeah. something in common. And I think just think the Houston connection is going to be really great for fans because. Very much so. Anytime we draft a guy that's either from Houston or went to school in Texas, uh, fans really clamor on him. You know, Colin Gillespie, obviously. Uh, no doubt. Um, I think he's probably our most well-known seventh-round pick ever. I think Ever. so. I think so. <laughs> and beyond that, I think now my math could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure that I've got this right. I think he's the first ever Texas A&M draft pick that we've made. I could be wrong. Now I know Steve McKinney was one of our initial. Mm. He was one of our inaugural players, but I don't, he was not drafted. Okay. So I'm pretty sure I've checked the draft list. I could be wrong. And Randy Somebody, Bullock was after. Ah, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. You, you, you I was like, it. was Randy, Randy Bullock. Bullock a draft pick? No, you're pick? right. You're right. I, just, I never consider kickers to be. <laughs> I just don't. Oh, so, Johnny, sorry. that's so offensive. I know it is. Okay, non-kicker. 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 There you go. First non-kicker right. draft. Good, good call. I'm glad you said that about Bullock. <laughs> I, I probably missed well, that Well, I second-guessed myself because I usually defer we've to had, you. We've had some Aggies. We had uh, Easy Wachiku a few years ago. We did. We had Travis Labhart. We had those two. Yeah, most of the the Aggies are the ones that we get after the the call as the college. Yeah, college free agents, or mm-hmm. you know, we signed Steve McKinney in the. I don't think it was expansion draft, but I think as they were building a team for 2002, they got Steve McKinney. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I got this text on draft day from a buddy of mine. His name is Aaron Hogan. He works uh, in Austin Radio 104.5 The Horn in Austin. He says Charles talking about Charles Amenahu. Charles was an intern for us last summer at the Horn. Outstanding young man, great best football to come, great pick. And he said he worked with our PM drive show, Kevin, Chad, and Trey. I go on with those guys. Wow. Like, the draft. Yeah, really hard work, humble. He said he was 230 pounds when he got to UT. So it was just a pup, but you could see the frame, has super long arms and really strong. 
I, I told well, that's Charles, something I else like, I have in common with Charles Menehu. I I interned at a radio station. Exactly, you're both radio interns. Show. I told Charles, I said, you play football as long as you can. It's like looking in a mirror. You play football as long as you can, my friend. We don't need you over. We need you playing football. We don't need you stealing jobs You'll be a great here. guest, though. Once, you know, once the rookie, imagine. once Bill O'Brien. I know Bill O'Brien doesn't yeah, like, like rookies talking. Five. Year two. I'll, I'll yeah. say year two, he'll be great for us. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. I ha- I started this with, with uh, Mark Vandermeer, and I, I said, you know what? I think you and I can do this segment, and it's called Gut Reaction. Okay, I like See, it already. With you, I can go a lot of different directions with this. A lot of different directions with okay. this. Okay. And gut reaction is very, very easy. I'm going to read you a statement or read you a paragraph or just I'm going to make a comment and you have to tell me what your instant gut reaction is like, oh, that's terrible. Or, ooh, I like that. Or, oh, that's so unfair. Like, gotcha. whatever gotcha. your gut reaction, then you can expand okay. on okay. it. Okay, okay. Uh, as, as you go forward. All right, let's start. All right, give me a number one to seven. I got seven of them, so we'll see how many we get. Give me number one to seven. Just pick a number? Yeah, pick a number. Okay, I'll pick four. Number four, okay. So this was tweeted by Adam Schefter today. Now, you know Wendy Nix, right? Yes. Okay, so Wendy Nix, if you don't know Wendy Nix, she works at ESPN. She does NFL Studio Show. It's during the week, and I can't remember what it's called. NFL Countdown, maybe? I can't remember. Okay. But if you watch ESPN, you know who Wendy Nix is because she covers the NFL. Mm -hmm. So – Hunter Renfro is also a name that is very familiar to a lot of people because he was Deshaun Watson's receiver. He made the game-winning catch in the championship game. Deshaun's last throw at Clemson went to Hunter Renfro. He was just drafted by the Raiders. So, tweet from Adam Schefter today. Weird note about the NFL. Wendy Nix was once Hunter Renfro's babysitter. (laughs) And he put... She even changed his diapers. Okay, that's a little TMI. Oh. But Wendy Nix was once Hunter Renfro's babysitter. Your gut reaction is My that. gut reaction is I would be embarrassed if it were me because I'd be like, well, you just outed how old I am. You just totally outed how old I am. So I feel bad for Wendy Nix, although maybe she takes it with pride. They both it's went to the same for him, high school. But it's probably embarrassing for him, too, to know that like an ESPN yeah. you know, major ESPN host changed his diapers. Yeah, exactly. I, embarrassing. I, have a, I had a friend of mine when I was in accounting who was used to babysit for some guy named Justin to Timberlake or something like that. She used to be his babysitter. And she used to tell me that all like the, the Justin time. Timberlake? Yeah, the, the Justin Timberlake. Justin, okay. Yeah, the Justin Timberlake. She was, she was from Memphis. Oh, yeah, yeah because Memphis. he's... Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I saw that story and I was like, okay, mm. that's really weird. You had the same it's reaction I for do. both, I think. I had the same reaction. I was like, oh, Ooh, wow, I you're out of here for being I, old. But they I went did. to the same high school in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. <laughs> and apparently she was a three-time homecoming queen, which Hunter okay. Renfro was not. So, okay. Okay. so uh, there you go. All right, uh, let's go. I'll go to this one. T.Y. Hilton, a few days ago, we all know T.Y. Hilton. Yes, we do. Said after the draft that the Colts offense – will be, quote-unquote, scary in 2019. Your gut reaction? Scary. Um, I guess he's referring to the other wide receiver they picked up. Yeah, Paris, Paris Campbell. Paris, Paris and Hilton. Paris and Hilton. Hilton. Yeah, Paris Hilton. I don't know if it's scary or if it's funny. I, I, we'll find out. <laughs> I, I, you know, when I saw that comment, I was kind of like, oh, That's putting a lot of pressure right. on rookies. He, he I think is. he's a little early for that. He is. I think he's also – just second year in the Frank Reich system and all that kind of stuff. But when you start thinking about what they have coming back offensively, off- offensive line is still together. Yes, of course. They have Luck. Well, and that's they the thing. They've got, they've got Andrew Luck. I don't think it's going to be just explosive because of 
the rookies. Right. I think I think the fact that Luck is back, he's 100% healthy. This is the first offseason in how long that we know that yeah, Luck he, is going to play. Yeah. So I think that I think even before the draft it was explosive, but okay, I mean I'm glad he's happy with their draft. <laughs> they only had 100 of them, so. I know. They had a it was <laughs> they had a ridiculous. boatload of picks. By yes. the way, did you see the Colts Making the pick or what? What they call? It. I can't remember what oh, they call. Oh no! Did you I, see the video? I have it. It's like twenty minutes long. It is right? lo- it's a little bit longer. I, I have it bookmarked. It'll go fast because it's very interesting. I've seen some clips of uh, Chris Ballard. He seems yeah. like a. I've met him here before. He seems just like like really I don't good wanna, sense of humor. You I don't want to spoil. Obviously. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. But I don't either. The funniest one of the yeah. funniest moments is when they are on the clock. And he gets it's the their, phone call. Have you seen that part? So that's the part that I saw that's because funny. the NFL. I think the yeah. NFL tweeted that. Yeah, out. John Dorsey calls him. And they've known that's each pretty, other for a long time. Hilarious. Dorsey was the GM in Kansas City when Chris was working for him there. He was sort of uh, Dorsey's right-hand man in Kansas City. And then Ballard got the job. And then Dorsey got let go in Kansas City and ended up back in Cleveland. But I guess that's kind of a... a so he just likes to prank call him a, during the draft. A draft so that Ballard has, gets distracted, has to answer the phone. Then yeah. he just hangs up yeah, on him like, ridiculous. I'm working. Uh, okay. Let's go. Okay, let's go to the next one. So we are fortunate this... Uh, this season because we are going to London. Yes. Looking forward to that. I don't know if you've traveled much outside the United States. I have not. I've been to Spain and Mexico, and that's really it. So I'm really excited about going to London. Okay. University of Michigan is taking it to a whole new level. Oh, John Harbaugh. Uh, or so, Jim Harbaugh, yeah. sorry. Jim so, Harbaugh likes to do that, right? Yeah, he does. You know where they are going? Are In they fact, to- they are there right now. The University of Michigan football team is in Cape Town, South Africa. Oh, this is my next vacation. To, I really want to go to Your Cape Town. Your gut reaction to Michigan being in Cape Town. I want to go to Michigan because <laughs> these are all places I want to visit. I was I was just talking about this to somebody I met from South Africa the other day, and they said Cape Town is, is really amazing. Really? It's supposed, to, it's supposed to be. I mean, one of the wonders of the world. Are you jealous? Yeah. I'm you super envious? jealous, but I'm thinking as a football player, that's a really long flight. Yeah, um, and then, and then do they get if, to do they get to do sightseeing? Because if they're just there to play football, I'd be kind of mad. I well, when they went to time. Rome, they did a whole video of them going to Rome. So they would go practice in the day, and then they would do some sightseeing. And then, like, they would practice in the morning, and then get all cleaned up, and then they would go do sightseeing. They went and saw the Pope. Uh, Jim Harbaugh <laughs> bought the or brought the Pope some uh, like Michigan Jumpman because they're Jumpman school. Oh my god! Bought some like Jumpman sneakers. So I'm like, what's he gonna do in Cape Town? So they've gone. They've gone to Paris, Rome. Yeah, Paris was the last was last year, right? Yeah, Paris was last year. The first time they did, they went to Rome. So that's where they did spring practice, and then they went to Paris. I don't know if they did spring practice there or just visited. And now they took the entire football team to listen Cape Town, South. I Africa. think it's a great bonding experience for these college kids, and I'm sure a lot of them have never left the country yeah. or ever gone anywhere. So I think right. it's a great experience, if, especially if they're, if they're footing the bill for all yeah. these kids to go somewhere for a cool destination and they're getting some work done. I mean, why not? First of all, I, I just don't even know how other coaches can compete with this. And what do you do? I mean, how do you compete with going? I mean, unless you've got – unless you're in Alabama I mean, like that. But even then, I, I would say, like, well, I get a free trip, you know, and it sounds like Jim Harbaugh just really kind of knows how to plug into these college kids. Uh, seemingly, but – when I think about being a college, I mean, we played at William and Mary one year, and they had, they had, uh, you could go visit uh, Old Town Williamsburg, historic Williamsburg, and I was gonna go, and then I was like, you know, and I hate to even say this, 
But Jerry Springer was on. It was a pretty explosive episode, uh-huh. and I didn't have cable at the time in my dorm, so I was like, eh, "I'm just gonna watch. I'm gonna hang oh, out and watch Jerry Springer." Because I was like, I could always go to Williamsburg. It's such a college decision. It was to a college make. decision to make. You know, Bill but O'Brien, to have those opportunities is really cool. Bill O'Brien had said that when he was at Penn State, he had signed up the team to play a game, and I want to say in it was Ireland, like Dublin, right? Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then of course he came here before the team got to go, so yeah. they got to go after the fact. And I remember him talking about how he thought, you know. Just as a reward to them, those kids that you know they didn't decide to leave Penn State right. after all the sanctions. They, sanctions they stuck around, yeah. and he thought that'd be a nice way to to show them a thank you. So yeah. I, I think you know the coaches appreciate what what these kids go through. I think the very first game that they played under new coach James Franklin was in Ireland. It was right. and it was pretty early. Well, on. here was the other thing too. He had signed up. He had uh, contracted that game with UCF. Bill O'Brien against George O'Leary in Dublin, Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was straight out of central casting. Of course, of course. Straight out of Why central not? casting. Okay. Uh, okay, let's go to this one. Adam Sandler is famous for a lot of different things, and he was Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live host, and he did a tribute to Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I... Saw it and I, I did, did you everything. cry? I did, did you cry? I did everything I could not to. <laughs> what was your gut reaction? When uh, so you saw I did. It? I, I was watching the Today Show this morning and they were showing a clip of it. But I thought, oh, I, I can see how that might be like a little bit of a tearjerker yeah. because they were such good friends. Yeah. And I remember all those skits because that was like in the heyday. Yeah, exactly. Of Saturday Night Live. So um, I just, I mean, it's it's amazing that Chris Farley was so young. Yeah. You know, yet so talented. So I, I would say it's sad. I didn't see the whole thing. So one of the things that he you'd says, probably be a better judge than me about how sad it was. It, but it was the, funny. It was still Adam Sandler funny. It was. It was very funny. I, one of the things that was very very interesting was he said something about showing his kids clips of Farley on YouTube, and I started thinking about the connection that YouTube allows us to have yes. with with people like that. Like he can say. Oh man, I wish you could have seen such and such. Mm-hmm. Like when I was growing up, like, oh man, I wish you could have seen such and such, or I wish you could have seen this. Now you can go to YouTube and say, hey, watch this. And, you know, it's still funny, or, you know, whoever you're watching, like you're watching a, a player. There was a basketball player that, uh, you know, Lance Erline, a good buddy of mine, we were kind of trading some text back and forth, and we were talking about a basketball player we used to watch and found clips on YouTube, and we're like swapping clips on you, like, oh man, remember this? And we're watching those clips again. YouTube kind of brings that all back. Like, his kids could actually watch that. When we were growing up and our parents would be, oh, I wish you could have seen him. Like, yeah, I wish you could have seen him. <laughs> I Just wish use you your imagination, kids. Yeah, but then well, YouTube I, actually lets you do that. My kids actually, they, they watch a lot of shows that, you know, I'll, t- we'll talk, be talking about TV shows or something. And they'll yeah. go to YouTube and they'll watch, like, Muppet Show, The Swedish Chef. Yeah. Uh, what were they watching? Oh, Tom and Jerry. And suddenly we have Boomerang on our cable. So now the kids are like, oh, my gosh. They're always watching Tom and Jerry. And when it's on, I stop what I'm doing and I start watching yeah. it, which I don't do that with any cartoons. But I remember we, we I, my cousin Jimmy was visiting from India, spoke no English. And we'd come home from school and Jimmy would be watching Tom and Jerry with us because there's no words. And it never dawned on me that Tom and Jerry has no words. That it's international. Anybody can understand Tom and Jerry and find it hilarious. That's very true. I didn't even think about I that. I never thought there were no – I mean, there were the newer episodes where Jerry started talking, but nobody really cares about Jerry in a bow tie. Yeah, that's They're true. like the old ones. Yeah, the old ones are the best. Uh, Super okay. violent, by the way. I was watching it. I was like, oh, this is kind of violent. They are very violent, yeah, by the way. I mean, Jerry 
should have died a million times over. <laughs> Tom, too. Tom, both of them, actually. Uh, okay. Game of Thrones. I know you watch Game mm, of Thrones, I do. right? I do not. But I found this very interesting, uh, having seen it on Twitter early in the morning, and then I saw the hubbub afterwards. But apparently in post-production, Game of Thrones left a scene in the show where there is a Starbucks cup on a table. Your gut reaction uh, to that? Totally fake. <laughs> this they There is no way that the average fan was watching this show and caught it, but all these people watching dailies and footage. Yeah. Dailies are the footage that comes yeah, yeah. out every day out of yeah. a, a movie set. Watch, did not catch it. There is just no way. There's so much attention to detail to a show like that. Every, every little detail is captured. There is no way... Starbucks did not confirm nor deny that they had anything to do with it. So I feel like this is just fantastic marketing on their part where it looks like a mistake. It is brilliant. So even somebody like you, Johnny, who yeah. doesn't watch Game of Thrones, will go back and watch it. And now what's on your mind? Exactly. Starbucks. Starbucks. Just talking about it now makes me want a Starbucks. I know. It's brilliant. That is, you're, you're so right about I think that. It's, I think it's subliminal. What are the subliminal I marketing, was... except it was a little too subliminal. So that's the the beauty of social media. See, my gut reaction was, oh, somebody's going to get fired. Nope. Somebody's going to get fired They're because too good for that. Nope. it's, it's what do they call those things that are out of, like when you're watching a movie, when you're watching a movie and a, the movie is set in the 50s, but then you see somebody wearing an Apple watch, there's like, <laughs> there's like, a, name, there's like a name for it. And I can't remember what else. Yes. So that's what I thought it was. I was like, well, they didn't have Starbucks back in the whatever era this is supposed to be for but, Game of but Thrones. What if, but what if in filming but it. But I think you're right. But you're, what if in filming right. it that, that did accidentally happen and somebody watching the dailies and watching yeah. you know all this footage said, hey, there's Starbucks up there. Ha ha, we should call up Starbucks and say, hey, for this much money, we'll leave it in the scene and see if anyone catches it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think, know. I don't know how it, I don't know how that idea came about. I think you're about. right. I think you are dead on right. But that's the conspiracy theorist. I think me. you're dead on right. Okay. Last one. Game four tonight. In just a short amount of time, probably a half hour or so. I'm actually going to this game. You're going to game four? I'm going. DP. My 15-year-old is so mad at me because. Uh, I'm mad at you. He was. <laughs> but I That's my him. gut reaction. It's a school night. I'm like, well, it's all right. It's a school night, so I'm going to take your seat. Uh, the other thing is my That's husband. That's such a mom thing to do. <laughs> I win because I'm the mom. That's just the rules. <laughs> it's so unfair. Sorry. When you grow up, you can use the same line for your kids. Uh, my husband actually, this is, I hope he's not listening, had a colonoscopy scheduled for tomorrow morning. Canceled the colonoscopy. Oh, good for him. Because he was like, well, I, how can I? Because, you know, the night before a colonoscopy, yeah. you're like, your system, you have to cl- clean everything out. Yeah, you, he's like, yeah. no, 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 no. I cannot be doing that. We got to reschedule that because I'm not selling these Rockets tickets. Good for you. Yes. Good but go ahead. I, I didn't get to your gut reaction. My gut reaction is I'm super excited. Well, I, that's, I all, that's all I needed. That's my kids all I needed. always get to go to the games. Well, we don't get tickets to every single game. We're, we're in a pool with like a bunch of other people. So my kids always go to the games. I haven't been to one in a, in a while. And you're going to perhaps the most important one of the year. <laughs> that's the best gut reaction there is. DP, I appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you. Johnny. And there it is. Shows in the books. Big thanks to Drew, to DP. Enjoy the game. And we will see you tomorrow, everybody. And as always, go Texans.